Thank you for joining us on the Southwest Florida Business Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today we're joined by Jen Kale from Madrano and Kale Bookkeeping. Uh, there's a few things that I want you to pay attention to in this episode. So we talk about how she got started. And so if you are a business owner or you're thinking about starting a business, this is actually a very effective way to start it because you can find out what the need is before you dive into buying a building and making huge investments, things like that. So uh, take a lesson from that. We also dig into um, her background of how she did investigations into financial crimes and things like that and how she uses that to guide her customers and keep them out of trouble. And then another key thing that we dig into is how she takes care of her customers and how she works with them. Um, it's not a one size fits all. It's very much in line with what you're trying to do as a business owner and what your goals are and then how you can structure your business uh, legally to actually achieve those goals. So rather than saying, hey, you know, file this, become an S Corp. No, let's take a look at what you're doing, how you want to run this, employees. Let's take it all into account and then we'll build out a plan from there and then we'll keep working it. Plus, customer service, I can attest, is top notch. So please, without any further ado, enjoy this episode with Jen Kale from Madrano and Kale Bookkeeping. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcasts. If you're a business in Southwest Florida and you want to use a podcast to grow your business, scan the QR code on your screen or visit the link in the show notes at www.swflpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Are you cool if we roll into this yeah, and just keep this, this going? Yeah. Because, all right, so yeah. for, like, can we talk about the, the start of this business? Yeah. So I want to dive into what what the business is okay. and then if we can talk about the start of it and then also your background yeah. how you got into it is very it's very cool i don't think okay. i've never talked to anybody else that has a background and okay. uh everybody that i talk to that's like when you talk to jen ask her about this <laughs> I was like, okay all right so um madron and kale bookkeeping professionals so it's all inclusive bookkeeping but it's more of concierge it's more of taking advisory services taking it to the next level it's not just data entry that's what people have the misconception on so i wanted to take more of adding that level of personal touch to it you know when someone calls me they're going to get an answer when someone emails one of my team members is going to get to it it's just knowing that you matter um, the biggest concern that i heard was like i call my accountant they're never answering. Well, of course, they're busy, you know, but they're tax planning. They're not going to answer your bookkeeping question right away. Yeah. So you need kind of that middleman. That's where my firm differs a little bit. We're always making sure one step ahead. I have clients that call me and they're like, I didn't even need to talk to you. You've already sent me what I need. So that's just kind of a little bit of difference. But I agree because uh, when yeah. like even just working with you for the past couple of months, it's like it's I get an answer <laughs> right away. It's yeah. so why do you have that mindset? Like why do you structure the business that way? So I've always been in very fast paced. Just with my background, I was up twenty four seven essentially. So that's how I think of it with my business. So I structure my business that everyone's someone's always working, which helps with like remote workers. You know, always around the clock. But I want someone to feel that. Even if they don't feel they're paying top dollar or they don't have all their services with me, that they're the most important client that I have. 
No one knows they're not the most important. They don't know who it is, you know? So you're saying that I may not be the most important. You may not be, but when you reach out to me, you are the most important person to me. (laughs) All right, that's fair. That's kind of what I like people to think. That's what I want because I know how it is. Since COVID, everyone started working at home, and it was more that immediate access. You call, what do you get? A telemarketer. You get that 800 number. You're like, how long do I have to be on the line? Try calling the IRS. Tell me. It's minimum four hours you're on hold. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted people to feel like, okay, I'm getting a response. I'm not going to have the answer, but you're going to hear from me. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I, I'm not positive. I may have to go back and check, but I might not have <laughs> even gotten my 2020 tax return. So yeah. I don't think that they're really going to answer the phone if I call. So, right. Yeah. It's going to take a while, but, you know, someone's going to answer. But again, it, <laughs> and it's not that other firms, and it's funny because I have a lot of friends in the bookkeeping industry. They own their own firms, and they tell me, well, you know, some people have their own boundaries. My boundaries are I'm going to answer when I do, and if you call me after hours, you're going to hear my kid in the background sometimes. You're going to hear my life going, but you understand that. That's why you call me after hours. During work hours, I'm at work. So it's very much of just making the person a priority and establishing those boundaries that I'm okay with for my firm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right, I want to get into just even a high pass of mm-hmm. what what it is that you do on all the different services, and then I'd like to go into the the background <laughs> that kind of paints the picture of how you got here. Yep. So we provide monthly bookkeeping services that encompasses all types of accounting services and just like advisory as well. It's not about just getting it ready for taxes. What happens during the year when you're wondering, can I buy a vehicle? Can I purchase something? Can I hire someone? You want that advisory sense to it. So my team and I go in and make sure that everything is up to date all the time. We touch on the books weekly, biweekly, and we ensure that we have those questions answered for you. We're looking at fraud. We're looking at profitability. We're looking at what can be the better step for your business and how to grow it. Okay. So that's why when I usually have a new client, it's an onboarding. It takes about an hour, hour and a half. I'm discussing everything. What are your goals? What does this look like for you? How much are you spending on your bookkeeping? Because that's a big issue too. People think I could do it myself. Okay, but what does that time really cost you? Sure. And then what are you missing when you're going through that doing yourself? Right. Because, and that's part of, that's part of what was interesting about your approach is the, the consultative mm-hmm. approach. So it's, it seems like you get more into the strategy of it because this stuff is not straightforward. Like right. running my own business, starting it, um, there's a lot that you don't know and there's a lot of things that you don't even know exist within that realm. Right. There's there's 400 things about <laughs> keeping your books that you kind of right. need to know. And when I started, I didn't even know the first one. <laughs> I just knew that you had to have books. So right. it is cool that you you give that piece of it because that's where almost like a lot of fear comes from with what can I do? And then if I make this money, well, what should I be? Right. Should I structure my company as an LLC? Or right. when I go to BNS Corp, what does that mean? And then what taxes am I paying? Right. Like, how, how do you have that conversation with people? So it's basically just like what we did. I ask you, okay, what is what is your business? What does that look like? What is your vision for your business? There's a lot of people that sit down and say, I want this to turn into a big franchise. Okay, let's start structuring. Or they say, you know, I don't even want to grow that big. I just want to have enough income for my family. Okay, perfect. What does that look like? I'm not going to know your goals if you don't tell me. And I'm not going to know how to help you if you don't tell me. And it's also, do you even have an accountant? When was the last time you filed a tax return? Do you owe the IRS some money? Are you paying someone under the 
the, under the table. It's all just what does your business entail? And I get into even family. What is important to you? I have people that tell me, well, I really don't want to do this on the weekends anymore. I love going out with my kids. Great. Then don't do it on the weekends. Like, why? Sure. Yeah. And so, you, so you're getting a sense of what those goals are. And then how do you help them structure it the way that they're looking for? So I basically, first we get them on an accounting software, whether it be free or paid. And then I say, okay, if you're going to do it free, that's fine, but you're going to have limitations. If it's paid, we're going to do this. Now, your structure is going to be, are you going to be an S-corp? Have you even had this conversation with your tax advisor? What does that even look like? Is it going to be you're just going to take out money when you have money? Is your business going to make money this year? So sure. that's a lot because that's a lo- another thing. You can't take money if you're not making it. Yeah, and so and so part of that too is it's really hard when you're running a business, especially when you're starting it up to project out what mm-hmm. you're going to make and then what those expenses are and how those expenses are going to shake out. Right. And one of the difficult things too that I'm noticing as I'm going from running it all myself to – having a bunch of huge growth like right on the precipice of doing it is understanding what growth really looks like in terms of what it's going to cost me, how the cash flow is going to look, and then what that does for taxes, and then does that change my bracket and where these numbers come into play. So how do you kind of – how do you guide people through understanding that that piece of it? So I kind of look at projections very much of an Excel geek it's just what it is, you know, kind of thing. Everyone's like, use the software. Just get on Excel. You, you The can. world needs Excel geeks like you. Yes, you just need it. But it's also, okay, you're growing, but is this going to stay growing? Or are you going to kind of get in the middle somewhere and say, okay, kind of stop growing a little bit more, or here's what my cash flow looks like. So it's just like I have to learn the industry. I have to know what it is. This is a different industry, what you have going on, but you're going to grow it. So it's just stating, all right, where does your money come from? Where is it going to go? Where do you want it to go? Mm-hmm. And then just doing projections. Okay. Got yeah. it. So, all right. So can we dig into yeah. your can we dig into your background? <laughs> sure. So what did you used to do? I used to be a federal law enforcement. So I am currently retired federal law enforcement. So I used to work with the courts and I would see a lot of things on the back end. So when someone will get in trouble, like a federal indictment, um, any information, what that means is the government would file something against you, but it was on a federal level. So I work closely with the federal judges, um, offenders, uh, 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 everything like that. Okay. How did yeah. you get into that? So I went to school a very long time, um, and I ended up getting with two masters, criminal forensics and criminal justice, and then I worked my way up from the county. So I used to work for the county, and then I went up to the federal. And I, I made a mission to go into the federal system before 30, so I did it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Congratulations. So good. Thank you. And I did work in Fort Myers, so that was kind of cool. It was only two of us in that office. So, Yeah. For in that division that I was in, it was only two of us. All right. So yeah. what kind of so what kind of stuff were you dealing with? A lot of things that people just don't know are is out there. Um, any type of criminal activity that could even be on a federal level. Um, a lot of high end cases, you know, that they don't talk about, and just a lot of things. Just like you money know, laundering things. There like is that. money laundering. We get cases from other counties, other states, and you know, it's like bankers or presidents or you know, people that just think that they could buy boats with money that was not supposed to be there for them, you know, cases like that. Okay. And then other cases that were not very fun, like criminal activity cases. 
Got it. And yeah. so that's where the forensic aspect came in. So yeah. you, so how, how does that process work from from where your role? What did it look like to, you know, do the forensic analysis on yep. these different cases? So I would actually have to speak to these defendants and speak to the defenders and just talk to them like I'm talking to you. They're not. They weren't guilty at that point. You know, it was all an indictment. They weren't adjudicated. So at that point, I'm talking to them and just trying to get to know them. So that's where their behavioral sense came in and seeing like, okay, what does that look like with them in terms of are they going to reoffend? Is this a security risk? What's going on in the future? And then relating that to the courts. Okay. And uh, just so we have yeah. it on the record, I am not doing any yeah. illegal activity. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> A Does lot of it people, seem like I am doing yeah, any illegal? A lot of people don't know that they're doing something illegally. <laughs> well, and that's a big is, that's yes. a big part of the fear I was yeah. talking about is even from a small like a smaller perspective, this I'd imagine some of the stuff that you saw, a lot of it was yeah. like they knew they were doing something. Right. But I'd imagine you come across some cases where people don't even realize that what they're doing is either an offense or a federal offense. Yep. So what were I know you can't talk about specifics, but what what are some kind of situations that people can find themselves in that are like that? A lot of it was not knowing what the tax preparer was preparing for them or signing a document they didn't understand. Again, when you reach this level, you kind of know what's going on, but there were some cases where they just legitimately just trusted their accountant or they trusted someone that stole all their money and wasn't even paying the taxes on their behalf. And you're just like, what? Or they really thought they can buy a house and not pay taxes on it and buy another house. You know, they thought they could truly believe this. Small percentage, but there were cases like that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so the, it's almost like the Wesley Snipes thing where it's like, my yeah. ac- my accountant said I didn't need to pay this. And then they're like, yeah, but you need to go to jail for yeah. a couple of years now. Yeah. Okay. So he was did- actually a cool interview I hear. So Was he? Yeah. That's what I heard. You heard through the grapevine? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool inside perk. And Martha like, Stewart, too. Really? Yeah. There's mm. a few of them that I've heard were really cool, so yeah. Oh, man. I bet you got to see some pretty cool stuff. I did. And even visit some pretty cool places that I. it's funny now, you know, just kind of looking at the areas and in that previous life that I was in, just going into people's homes, and I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm like, it's just normal to me. You're like, could I embezzle? Like yeah, seriously. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Is this what it looks like to embezzle? Yeah, when you have elevators in your homes and <laughs> – y- yep. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, so – so all right. So then what are some of the things that you – what are some of the kind of criminal things that you would see people doing and, and how would you go about kind of figuring this stuff out? So the big thing is – and a lot of people don't understand is, you know, your accountant is going to be there for you at all the points. But you do sign a waiver saying that everything that you give to your accountant is true and factual. So, you know, that liability comes off of them. Are they going to help you with an IRS audit? Yes. But what you're giving them is true and factual. So um, tax accountants are doing the best they can to guide you and say, don't do this or do that. But sometimes you're giving them information. They're trusting your word that this is what's been doing. A lot of things I saw were (sighs) huge things. It's just trying to put stuff under the business that shouldn't happen. The IRS gives good guidelines. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. As long as you have an explanation, you can make it happen. But don't try and buy a house for your person. Mistress. Mistress, yes, under your business or try and get out a second loan and not pay the first one. You know, just you have to be smart about what you're doing because you're going to get caught. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so how do people in that in that case, let's say you don't have those mm-hmm. bad intentions and you run a business. Yeah. How do you work with your accountant or your bookkeepers to actually understand what what the laws are and what you can actually do? Like how do you, how do you kind of arm yourself as a business owner with yep. that knowledge so you know hey, if I'm signing this waiver that says they have yeah. no liability and it all comes back to me as a business owner, how do you arm yourself with the knowledge to protect yourself? So you're not going to know everything. That's why you have the professionals. But you do know something. Don't listen to TikTok. That's like the huge thing. Can you listen and then look it up? Yes, you can. But the one thing I tell people is listen to podcasts and individuals that actually are CPA accountants, CPA um, tax advisors, and lawyers. Another thing is, Talk to your bookkeeper. Say, listen, this is what I want to do. Is this even remotely possible? If they don't know the answer, they're going to call the accountant and say, this is what it looks like. You know, what What can we do? Just ask questions. Because instead of doing it, I get clients that call me and they say, can I expense this? Okay, tell me why you want to expense it and let's talk about this. If it's more profitable for them to expense it out of their business, I'll say yes, as long as it's legal. So you have to have a good team that you can count on for that. You're not going to know it all, but you can ask. Sure. And yeah. so so it's kind of like that cross-referencing between those teams and see what people come back with. And, exactly. And it's not it's not going to be a, a, a blank template. It's much Correct. more situational. Exactly. Because a lot of people want to say, I want to do this on business. Okay, but it also affects your personal taxes too. So some bookkeepers handling just a business, we don't know your personal side. We don't know how many kids you claim, what W-2 wages your spouses make, what is your tax bracket. We can ask, but that's if you really divulge more information. If not, we're just giving you guidance based on the information we have. Got it. Okay. It's like you really need to have somebody paint that full picture for you. Right. And then you can give them the advice to actually go do the right thing. Correct. And you also tell them, listen, this is what I'm telling you. Let's cross-reference with the accountant or whoever files your taxes and just make sure it's okay. But if not, then this is kind of a safe measure to go with. Got it. Yeah, it's. I think that's important. And uh, as this thing grows, I'm get like mm-hmm. I've I've gotten into that. I don't know stratosphere, yeah. or part of the atmosphere where it's like, oh, okay, uh, I could make some pretty stupid decisions yes. here on my own. Let me at least go get some yeah. more information because um, I've kind of. You pick a path to go mm-hmm. do something. You decide it, and then you like. I'm like, hey, let me ask Jen. Or yeah. Like, let me ask somebody. And it's like, oh, I'm glad I didn't commit to that because that was really stupid. <laughs> right. And you can always – I get people that get so afraid. They're like, oh, my gosh, I just used my business card for my personal. I'm so sorry. I understand. It happens. You grab the first card. You see it. Okay. We just put it on your books. We, I just say, okay, slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. But you're not buying a car under your business. You're not buying a house. You know, you, you know what you're doing in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I accidentally <laughs> bought this Jaguar. Yeah, I'm you know. So sorry. Uh, can you just delete that? <laughs> yeah, from can you just QuickBooks take it off? Yeah, yeah. Let's just take it off. And that's another thing because um, QuickBooks is great, and a lot of people hold their finances on that accounting software. But there's other softwares that can use, or even Excel. As long as you have every single piece of documentation, and that's what I tell my clients. Got it. As long as we have it, which is why we back everything up for in our system for seven years. We make sure we have everything so that in the event. I've had people from this hurricane that have lost boxes of financial data. They're like, Jen, do you happen to have it? Yep, it's all scanned and all in the system. Thank goodness. You know, just in case, just have a backup for everything. For sure. Yeah. No, it's critical. And uh, even when uh, helping my in-laws move, (laughs) uh, I physically, 
I physically know how many. Yeah, move all that. They have. Yeah, that's a lot. So, I know. Um, <laughs> so what has what has your background in, mm-hmm. you know, forensic accounting and having this job for that long? How mm-hmm. long were you in it for? Five years on that side, and on the county, it was like ten years. Okay, so yeah. so really fifteen years yeah. in this role in a bunch of different capacities. Yeah. So by having this forensic accounting background and this experience. How do you take some of that and then apply it to what you do now? So I always tell people everything is always confidential. I never say who my clients are unless they allow me to or I have a conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know this person kind of thing. And they already express that I can say it. All financial data, I say everything is very confidential. You're going to email me, but you're going to go through a secure portal like accountants do. Everything that I get from you is going to be a bit secure. Um, As long as it's personal information, we're going to do it differently because I don't want anyone to ever have fraud on their account because of something that my team and I did. And also I tell people, as long as you can back it up and provide me information, then I will put it on your books. I've had people try and do a lot of shady things and I will tell them that's just not going to work. We're not the right fit for each other and I can't work on your books anymore. And it's also because I know where that it leads to. And when they go to in front of a judge, either on the county side or federal, then they can explain it to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, okay, I've uh, been on the flip side. I've yeah. read all the emails. I've done all the tracing through the financials yeah. and uh, even looked at what I'm sure the user logs on QuickBooks yeah. and stuff like that. I know where this leads. Uh, right. We should either stop now or I can't do this. Right. And you just look at that. You know, there's things that bookkeepers, if they're truly doing their job, they see the red flags. Okay. And you can see them. Just automatically. You can see when you pick up a new set of books or anything, you'll see uh, something a little wonky here. And then you talk to a client. Either they know or they don't know what's going on. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I bet that gives you uh, – does that even give you like a sales advantage in some cases when somebody's coming? But it gives them the security that I'm looking out for them as well. I'm not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize them what means the most to them like family time and what means the most as in freedom too. You know, is $100,000 going to cost your freedom? I don't know. What is it worth to you? There's some people that have gone to federal prison say it's fine. It's worth it. Club fed. <laughs> and then they'll come out and they have the money. So it it truly is a person, but that's not the people I want to deal with. Yeah, there's – I guess there's a lot of different ways to make $100,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot. You know, I like the strategy. They're yeah. really um, they're really keeping an open mind, it sounds like. Yeah, they're, they're just being open. <laughs> Yeah, I like open-mindedness. Yeah, yeah. You know? Maybe not this application, but, you know. Right, exactly. Make it through. Exactly. So what uh, – all right. And so kind of getting back yeah. to the start of this business. So how did you – I don't know if you want to get into it, but how did you decide to retire and then you started a family? Yep. So my husband and I were told we couldn't have any kids and then we had our miracle baby. And he is current local law enforcement, so we're like, all right, one of us has to get out of it. You know, we're, we're going to miss our kid's life one way or another. So after a year of having my son, he was with a sitter, and my husband would take care of him. I just couldn't be away from him that much longer, and I retired, and I became a stay-at-home mom January of 2020. Worst, Good timing. Yeah, worst time ever. Um, I should have stayed with the government a few more time, <laughs> a few more months. I would have worked from home, but after six months, I realized that was not the jam for me at all. I don't know how stay-at-home moms do it. I, I, they are amazing, but I'm not that person. So I was like, no, I need to get out of here and start a business or do something. 
So I went back to kind of my roots of bookkeeping, which I knew. My parents had a construction company growing up, so my mom would do all the books for them, and she kind of taught me how to do it, and that's where I got my start also. And so let me just start helping people. And it just started with me just just trying to talk to adults and then realize let's help them, and then my son, you know, going to school. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so you were watching the baby, and then you yeah. were going a little stir-crazy yeah. in addition to – being a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and having that be the primary responsibility, yep. layer in COVID and yeah. lockdown. And, yeah, and uh, you couldn't do anything. Okay. Yeah. So what were those early conversations like? <sighs> With individuals or my son because there was no conversation. <laughs> it was <laughs> just blippy on the TV. No, um, <laughs> it was mostly being very transparent. I started with just getting on the mom's groups and just, you know, if anyone needed help, I'll say, hey, I do have insight on this. Here, I'd love to chat with you. I do remember one of my first clients, which I still have. His wife got on the mom's group and was like, we're just looking for an honest bookkeeper, like someone who's just going to help us. I think I was like interviewed four times for that. And they had other applicants. And I was like, well, this is what I am. They're like, well, do you even know what you're talking about? Went in, did a diagnostic and everything on their books. And they're like, okay, you're hired. Done. Great. First client grew, has grown with me. Everything has been great. But I started and I said, listen, this is you're literally my first client. So I'm probably pricing you too low. Gonna give you more than what you need, but I'm here. And it's been great. So that's what it, it looked like. You know, you just gotta be very open with your clients. And that's what I am. I'm very transparent. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So you started off really just by putting it out there like, yeah. hey, I know this stuff. Let me help you mm-hmm. out. You get the first client. Yep. And then how did you how did you use the first client to grow your business? Whether that was come up with processes or get new bit like what was that like? So I always knew what I didn't want my firm to look like and I started with that. And I, you know, what was huge to me is why did I leave the government? It's a stable job. I had what people thought was super cool to do. You know, I I was able to go places. I had people I can talk to. What did I not like about the government? Well, I wanted to go home to my son when I wanted to. I didn't want to miss those events. So I said, what do I want my firm to look like? And it was basically helping people make a profit for my family and be able to go home to my son and just not miss life. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Sometimes I burn myself out a little bit and my husband tells me that I'm working too much, but it's okay. I'm, you know, as a business owner, you know, sometimes you got to put a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so so when you have that first customer and you're going through and and building this stuff yeah. out with that in mind of what you know you don't want to yep. do how did you how did you build it towards what it is now so i did something that not a lot of people do and it's kind of weird um i reached out to accountants and bookkeepers locally and i wanted to know what they were doing so i actually reached out to one of my girlfriends in fort myers shields own bookkeeping firm reached out hey i'm new just wanted to introduce myself, reached out to someone in a sterile, met with her, and they'd never had someone reach out to them. And I was like, what is the industry like? What am I looking at? Is there going to be any competition that you think that I'm going to give to you? Um, what can I do to help in case someone's not a right fit for me or for you? Can we have something going on? Just open the doors, and I just got to meet more bookkeepers locally and out of state and realizing process were important. What isn't good? What is good? got into like forums online and then groups and then really realized like what learn from people that have made them mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so, all right, that's a unique approach. Yeah. yeah and it's, um, cause who thinks about contacting their quote unquote competition to me, there's enough business for everyone. That's so it's the not way competition. 
Yeah, I I I view it the same yeah. way. Is that there's only there's only so much that you know that an individual business can do. Right. And and these aren't Goliath industries where you have like a hundred reps in the same market. So we're really not dealing with that same exactly. kind of issue. But like I talked to I talked to other people from other production right. companies. Somebody just reached out to me today. I've had multiple production companies mm-hmm. on the show and we all kind of do our own different things. And you have your own areas, like your niche, you know, and mm-hmm. th- I think that's what's important. You make more friends that way. You get people in the community. Let's say they're not a right fit for you, which I've had. They haven't been a right fit for me, maybe for someone else and vice versa. I just literally had <laughs> that with a, another another company yeah. and, and passed off like a pretty large deal because I was like, look – I can't deliver on this in this way. Mm-hmm. You already have this yep. stuff. Like you already have the infrastructure in place and I know you can take care of them. That way you're handing somebody mm-hmm. off and it's like, hey, this is as good as I can hand this off yep. to keep this cordial. But I also want to see your project get done all the way through. Like here, this person knows they're going to click Correct. with you and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that's what yeah, in the – I think ever since COVID, being an entrepreneur can be lonely. Oh, big time. So for me, it was like, how can I get out there, make a little community within ourselves here, which is what I've done, and no one else does that. You know, you don't think about calling, hey, I'm new in the area, you know, can you help? Or I'll pay for your time, but can you just give me some insight? So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, how do you, how do you not? get lonely as an entrepreneur right. how do you how do you in addition to doing that yep. like what are some of the ways that you keep your head on straight <laughs> as as a, a business owner and as you grow it so I am part of some masterminds I go out with girlfriends locally who are also business partners in referrals I talk to individuals that are in other industries and specific industries like bookkeeping locally I have another kind of business that I have with good range of bookkeepers that are, it's literally eight bookkeepers and we have a business together to mentor other um, business owners. So it's kind of like helping them. Yeah. So that's something else I do, but I just try and get out there because it is lonely, but sometimes I have a business coach, you know, he's good. I have clients that have turned into great friends and even friends that turned into clients, which is kind of weird too. Yeah. Um, but that's how I don't get lonely. And then obviously venting to my husband about stuff that he doesn't <laughs> understand. And he's yeah. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at me with a blank, blank yeah. face. Just, just sit there and listen. Yeah. I'm like, do you think I should do this? He's like, okay. I'm like, that's no, but I, I should, that's not what I want, you know? <laughs> so it, it's good, but I'm very fortunate. And you know, some of these people like just locally where, in our grow network, yeah. you know, or I'm part of other groups, but even in grow, there's just certain people you call and you're just like, hey, I really need to talk. Like, can you just listen to me? And I have someone that she just, no matter what, she's like, yeah, of course, let's talk. That's So cool. it's good to have that support system in the community. And it's interesting being in, in grow and mm-hmm. talking to some of the different people that are in it and you have these one-on-ones and getting into that. Uh, I'm definitely there for business, yeah. right? You definitely want to get business from it. I mean, we're doing business yeah. because of it. And I think I started off more looking for like, oh, I got to make sure that this is going to get me business. And I think that comes from like a couple previous right. experiences doing this and just being a new business owner. Like the main focus is right. like, I got to get them. Right. You have and to. So that's the main yeah. focus. But having these one-on-ones and talking to different people running 
companies locally, you, I, I start talking about things and you're, you're open and honest about yeah. things that, uh, you know, I probably ad, people would advise not to talk to people about, and right. then you talk to them like, oh, I've been through that. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, I've been running a business for 20 years and here's actually what I learned and right. do this and that. And suddenly it goes from being like this guarded off thing yeah. to like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like this is Correct. a normal thing to, to think or to be concerned about. Right. And this, what this person just said just got me thinking of something. And right. then now I realize, oh, actually I can help that person do this and this. So how did you come up with this mastermind group? And then how did that almost evolve into yeah. another business? So the other business I had was with, um, that I have currently is with seven other bookkeepers and we're from like literally everywhere. I mean, Hawaii, Texas, someone, I think one's in Florida also. We're just everywhere, and we go on retreats once a year. So we just came back from a retreat, and we planned out everything we're going to do with our business. We dedicate like an hour of our time, and we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We all have separate businesses. Never has there been an issue of competition. It's always been, hey, I have a question. I literally called one of them today. I was like, I have a tax question, and she is the best tax accountant in the world. You know, no matter how many, I'm like, she is good. So answer like no issue but it was gaining that trust with them that we said why don't we just make this for other people also so now we create workshops and we just had one recently where we talked about like quarter four planning and then now we're doing another one we're talking about 1099 workflows because that's huge in the bookkeeping industry and accounting Hmm. so that was kind of like where we're just how can we help other bookkeepers how do you guys like um impress each other like when you show up do you like hey check out this formula you know what no it's um it's literally are you surviving yeah okay yeah. cool did you get to drink hot coffee today yes okay perfect that's i remember how- yeah, yeah hey no but it's kind of interesting because we do celebrate our wins so that's really good to have that support and also know that um maybe i'm doing something i shouldn't with my clients and I'll kind of bounce it off of them and be like what does this look like which they all get upset at me and they laugh and they're like stop working so much. And I'm like, I'm not working. My friends are my clients, you know, kind of thing. And they're like, I know. But to them, they have a different strategy with theirs. Sure. So that's one business. I also have a coaching business that I just started. Yeah. This is more just because I knew how lonely it was to be an entrepreneur. And there's so many new people that they just don't know what to do. And it's different industries. And I'm like, well, let's get out there. Let's do this and that. So I help other people by mentoring them. And then the masterminds cool. was locally, There is there's four women, so it's four of us that we get together once a month. We have like a book club, talk about things, you know, so it's, we just literally learned, like we had to vent after the hurricane. I was like, can we just have a hot meal? Like that was our <laughs> mastermind. And they're like, yeah, let's go. I was like, I just need lunch. I just need a hot meal, you know, so just getting with these people. And then another one is... um. Kind of someone you know, Joe Nugent, he introduced me to his kind of mastermind organization that's local and out of state. And so I joined that one and that's been phenomenal. So we could talk more about that later if you want. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, and even Joe's like a really good example of just like the kind of people you get to meet when you're you're doing this stuff and and see who else is going through the process, what they're dealing with. And it is actually really cool to watch him grow his Mm -hmm. business and- Mm -hmm. Like each time we go to the meetings yep. and things, he's like, here, I passed this much business. And then he's like, uh, we also are looking for people to hire yep. and uh, we're really busy yeah. and we're expanding to Sarasota. And, yep. and it's uh, 
it is cool to watch and, and celebrate other people. I love yeah. it because you. How much do you see that people have struggled and who's going to celebrate them? Your spouse is going to regardless, but mm-hmm. who really is going to celebrate you? So that's important. That it's finding that good group of people. There's also yeah. there's someone in our group, honestly, that I saw him at church. And I go up to him. I'm like, I know you from somewhere, and I don't know where. And he's like, you mean grow? I'm like, yes. So it was just perfect. But you just see people in the community, and you're like, oh, my God. But it's just knowing that they can share their their pros and cons of their businesses and what they've done. Well, and I bet from your perspective, like by talking with a bunch of business owners in all these different capacities, yeah. how does that like transfer over to – your business and how you help your customers. Does it give you like a wider sense of where your customers and your prospects are coming from? It does. And it also helps me know what are they looking for when they talk to a bookkeeper or an accountant or what don't they need? Because there's so many different industries like in our group and other marketing groups that you're just like, wow, they need a different flow than someone else. So Mm -hmm. it definitely it's good just to hear their feedback and also you know, what can I do to help them? Most of them come to me, they're like, Jenna, I have a question. I'm like, what's up? I have an answer. They're like, I can't hire you right now. I will. And I'm like, you don't have to feel committed. Just ask. You're fine, you know? Sure. So, yeah. Okay. Well, and I bet, and too, with that, like you can see, yeah, like you said, how people's business flows, how their cash flow looks yeah. like, what it looks like to win a deal, and what does that actually mean, you know? Because right. one person might win a deal and that means they got a credit card payment. Right. One person might win a deal and that means that now they go through county <laughs> approval and, and they're right. going to get a deposit invoice yeah. and then they're going to have 30 payments over the course of five right. years. And then how do you structure that? What do you do with that? Okay. And it's also looking at different industries. Like right now after the hurricane, all the services and trades, you know, they're like skyrocketing in business. But it's like, okay, what's going on with those other, you know, maybe marketing agencies or digital or what does that look like? for? So that helps me look at my clients and say, oh, man, this portion of my clients may be hurting for cash flow right now. So I'll look at them and just I reached out to two of them and I'm like, how are you guys doing? I'm looking at your books, but I see a little, you know, what's going on. And we strategize for quarter four. But it also shows me like, okay, and um, home inspectors, the public adjusters are getting a lot of business right now. What isn't getting a lot of business? Mm-hmm. So how can I help those clients maintain their head above water during this little time period of time that we're having with difficulty? Got it. So so if they're successful, you're actually able to look at, hey, I'm seeing the success. Mm-hmm. Here's the way that you should really protect the future because although you're seeing a lot of success right now, that doesn't mean that this is infinite growth. This right. could be a time period. So you can help them strategize, okay, here's what you should do. Save this money right now because it's going to yep. go to taxes or you're making a lot but right. you're going to have to right. pay this out soon. Always plan for any day. And I'll share a story. I have a guy. He owns a property management company, has a bunch of homes, very good, successful company. He called me the day of the hurricane, and he's a little inebriated. And he's like, I'm going to lose all these homes. And, you know, he's looking at the areas he's in. He's like, it's I'm done. Like, my business is done. I'm like, well, do you remember six months back when we kind of foresee something that was going on? Because you told me you may have a dry season. He's like, yeah. I'm like, remember when we kind of strategized for this? He's like, I'm not going to go broke. I'm like, you're not going to go broke. I'm going to go drinking now then. (laughs) (laughs) 
But just that, you know, kind of just the forecast that I did with him six months before. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, what is your season going to look like? And he had told me, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm going to have that many homes that are going to be for rent. Granted, now he's doing good, but he had all that money set aside because we looked at that. Yeah. And so part of that, too, is like what you were talking about with the people that are hurting right Right. now. And you can look at it and go even beyond the fact of, well, hey, you should save some money. It's like, hey, maybe if you get a loan or you Mm -hmm. do this and you take this approach. Right. I'm seeing success with these customers in this field. Maybe you can target those people as new customers. Or, hey, you know, like with a podcast the week after the hurricane, I was just like, all right, I'm not even going to call people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, that's interesting. So so you really can – so part of what you're doing is you're almost becoming like an employee in a way to really embed yourself and help guide them forward through these really very – muddy waters. Right. I'm partnering with them to make sure that they're growing. And when they don't see where they can grow, I'm looking at different avenues for them. I'm kind of looking at different things and saying, why don't we try this? Or, you know, do you want to do this? Because remember, they're successful in their area expertise. I'm looking at, can we try something else? What does it look like if you're not around today? Who, what happens to your company then? And that's a big thing because when you're a solopreneur, who's going to handle your company after you if something, God forbid, something happens? You don't know. Do you have a succession plan? Do you have a continuity plan? And that's stuff I work with my clients. And I say, what happens tomorrow if you get in a car accident? Who's going to have your bank accounts? Who knows what to do? They're like, I I have no idea. Like, exactly. So let's write it out and then we work from there. Yeah, we're we're – addressing that now yeah. and doing it. So, yeah, let's talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> I may have a couple questions for you. But it's a lot, you know, and, and it's also going on projections. You know, every business has a tie and lows and companies that have been around for so long will tell you. And I learned that from my parents' company. They had a construction company for over 30 years. Construction was sometimes it was up, sometimes it was low, but they did what they best they could and they did it correctly. Yeah, and you can learn from from those experiences. No, it's yeah. cool that you've been able to take all those experiences and actually like turn it into what you've got today. So that's, that's mm-hmm. very, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad we can talk through some of this yeah. stuff. One thing, as mm-hmm. we were talking before uh, we got started, can you touch on the, the IRS agents all getting hired? Because you yeah. actually have a take on it that I have, I have not heard. Yeah. Before. So a lot of people are saying they're very worried about IRS being, um, taking on these 87,000 agents. A lot of people are saying it's just for administrative task. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's because they need for the back end. They don't realize that COVID, a lot of tax returns haven't been touched. So there's a time frame that you actually have to comply where the government can say, okay, you didn't comply with this. We need to look at it. That time frame is kind of getting a little bit underway. Close. Yeah, it, it's getting there. So these agents are going to help with all that backlog that's going on, making sure that any fraud that may have been done when those tax returns, you know, just kind of looking at that. And also there's speculation that they're going to come in and um, really focus on small business owners that are S-Corps. There is a lot of speculation, but mostly it's just to help with all the backlog that's happening from COVID. Got it. Because there's still literally boxes of paperwork and has not been touched. Sounds like a fun job. It it sounds like a great job and all these agents have to be hired and trained. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so it's because it's because of that time window that you were talking right. about. So it's like, 
people think it's five years that they have yeah, to look into. But it, it's but a it's, little bit less than the five years, and then that's when the time comes. And let's say that people are money laundering or doing something illegal. There's only a certain time frame where you know the government can file their paperwork, and then it goes to the courts. Got it. So it's just it's all time. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I've never heard this perspective. Yeah. So. And that's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of speculation around these agents, but a majority is they're going to come in and help with all this backlog. And look how many times the phone rings. Think about it. I don't know if you've had to call the IRS, but people are on hold for four to five hours. Ugh. You've gotten better, but it's a lot. Damn. Yeah. What is it like to work with the IRS? Um, The agents I've worked with were all super nice. Really? Yeah. They're just people doing their job. They're people? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's what we said. I was joking with Bookkeeper about what we're going to be for Halloween, and she said, IRS agents. I said, okay, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll win scariest costume there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So, is, so as we're kind of wrapping up, mm-hmm. is there anything else that we should touch on that's important that we haven't covered? I think a lot of misconception that people get is that they can do everything themselves. And I always tell people, I'm like, if you could do it yourself, that's perfect. But even if you're one person, even if you're making only 60000 a year in your business, have just someone come in quarterly, check your books. Because the books are the foundation. You're probably spending 10 to 15 hours a week doing your own invoicing, paying your bills, and you're missing something because you're just trying to catch up. You're missing time with family. You're missing time with just, like, your business. And then I tell people... Before they come to me, I say, what is your hourly wage? And they'll tell me, I say, okay, so all this time you're spending on your books, you could have already outsourced that or paid someone internally and saved all this money and gained it somewhere else. And they're like, yeah, I didn't think about that. So it's always good to have a second set of eyes. And also, business owners are not bookkeepers unless that's their profession. (laughs) Then they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. It's uh, you know, bookkeep. I don't know what you're talking about. Bookkeeping is yeah, one of my favorite it's aspects. Your yeah, it's oh, so much fun. I I love it. I love getting into the numbers. No, no, I know. It's, yeah, uh, and then you give it to your accountant, it. and your accountant's like, "What did you do?" She's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I know you say you love this, but yeah. this is a hundred percent wrong. So right. what's going on?" Here? And that you know, there's also there's rules that the IRS puts out there and you have to follow. So there's people that try and deduct every single meal. You can't do that. You know, so it's like little things like that where someone with a second pair of eyes that knows a profession will tell you, don't do that, do this. Got it. Yeah, keep it in the the reasonable range. Correct. Got it. And And there's a lot of gray area. There is a lot of gray area, yes. Okay, cool. So, all right, Jen, where can people find you or can they get in touch with you? Everywhere. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, my social media manager has me doing a bunch of reels, so I'm out there in the world. Um, reels are good. Yeah, reels are, except when you're recording them about 10 times, that that takes a long, long time. Hey, just like the bookkeeping thing that <laughs> yes, you mentioned. Yes, I know. Uh, that's that's <laughs> where we come in on our side. Yeah. And, and yeah. Like, anybody can make a video on here, and if you can do it, great. Yeah. And then no. sometimes it's like, Hey, do you want to not do that? Ten it's true, days? exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. If you could delegate it out, outsource it. That's something yeah. huge that I tell everyone start doing that. But yeah, Instagram, social media, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, my website, and then they can just literally call me to my number because I always okay. answer or text. Nice. All right, and then I'll include all that yeah. in the show notes as well, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll go from there. But. Cool. Jen, thank you for coming yeah, and doing this. Pleasure. This was a long time in the making. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm very glad that the timing 
yeah. shook out the way that it did. It did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah I really funny. appreciate it. I, I've, I've learned a lot from talking with you offline and working yeah. with you, too. And uh, so I appreciate all the help. Mm, well, thank you. Yeah, if you're in Southwest Florida and you're a business and you need some bookkeeping, yeah, give me a call. call. Exactly. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks, Jen. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs>